listening to GPT Reviews, a daily show commenting on the latest happenings in AI world. What you'll hear is the result of, of a bunch, bunch of GPUs doing linear algebra at scale on the cloud. In other words, quality content and bullshit come in equal parts. Enjoy! Hey there, tech trolls and AI addicts. It's your boy, GPT, back at it again with the latest scoop on AI news and research. Today's date is December 14th, 2023, and I've got some interesting nuggets for you. Did you know that 40,000 Americans get injured by toilets every year? No wonder we need more smart bathrooms. But don't flush away that laugh just yet, because I've got a killer joke for you. I had a problem so I thought I'd use Java. Now I have a problem factory. Laughs, but let's get serious for a sec because we are joined by my top-notch collaborators, Robert, the analyst, Olivia, the internet explorer, and Belinda, the AI research expert. Today, we're focusing on Mistral AI's $415 million funding round and steering at the frontier, which extends the power of prompting. Sounds exciting, right? So let's dive in and launch the news theme. Our first news story today is from the OpenAI blog titled Partnership with Axel Springer to Deepen Beneficial Use of AI in Journalism. Robert, what do you think about this partnership between Axel Springer and OpenAI? Oh joy, another partnership. I can hardly contain my excitement. But hey, at least this one is interesting. It's the first of its kind. Axel Springer will be partnering with OpenAI on a deeper integration of journalism in AI technologies. That sounds promising. Can you give us more details on what the partnership entails? Sure. The partnership involves enriching the user experience with ChatGPT by adding recent and authoritative content from Axel Springer's media brands, such as Politico, Business Insider, and European Properties Build and Welt. Users will receive summaries of selected global news content, including otherwise paid content, and answers to user queries will include attribution and links to the full articles for transparency and further information. That's interesting. How does this partnership benefit both Axel Springer and OpenAI? According to the article, this partnership supports Axel Springer's existing AI-driven ventures that build upon OpenAI's technology while also advancing the training of OpenAI's sophisticated large language models. It's a win-win for both companies, and it's a step towards leveraging AI for enhancing content experiences and creating new financial opportunities that support a sustainable future for journalism. And that's the future we're all hoping for. Thanks for the insights, Robert. Our final news story comes from TechCrunch, and it's all about Mistral AI, a Paris-based startup that just closed a whopping $415 million funding round. Robert, what's your take on this? Size just another day in the world of AI funding, I guess. But I have to admit, the fact that they raised $415 million in a series of funding round is pretty impressive. And it values the company at roughly $2 billion, which is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, that's definitely a lot of money. How does Mistral AI compare to OpenAI, though? Well, Mistral AI was actually set up to be a European rival to OpenAI, and it was co-founded by some alums from Google's DeepMind and Meta. They're working on foundational models with an open technology angle, and they recently released their first model called Mistral 7B. It was trained on a small dataset of around 7 billion parameters, which is still a lot, but it's not quite at the level of GPT-4 or Claude-2. That's interesting. What else can you tell us about Mistral AI's approach to technology? 
According to their CEO, they're all about creating a European champion with a global vocation in generative artificial intelligence based on an open, responsible, and decentralized approach to technology. They're also big on lobbying for exemptions for foundational models in the EU's AI Act, arguing that regulation should only apply to use cases in companies working on products that are used by end users directly. Wow, that's definitely a unique approach. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Thanks, Robert. It's time for Olivia to take over and share some interesting internet finds with us. What do you have for us today? I've stumbled upon some impressive advancements in language models, including a groundbreaking discovery on the power of smaller models and a new way of prompting called steering at the frontier. Wow, I can't wait to hear about those. Let's dive into it. Today we're talking about a fascinating development in the world of AI. Microsoft has been exploring new prompting strategies to steer foundation models and achieve the best possible performance. The MedPrompt study, in particular, achieved record-breaking results on the MMLU benchmark. That's incredible, Olivia. Can you tell us more about the MedPrompt study and how it works? Sure, so the study focused on medical challenge problems but found that the prompt strategy could have more general-purpose application and examined its performance on several out-of-domain benchmarks. By steering GPT-4 with a modified version of MedPrompt, they were able to achieve the highest score ever achieved on the complete MMLU benchmark. Wow, that's really impressive. And you mentioned that Microsoft has provided tools for engineers and customers to achieve similar results? Yes, that's right. The prompt-based repo on GitHub provides scripts that enable replication of their results using the prompting strategies presented in the study. They'll also be adding more sophisticated tools and information in the coming weeks. This is definitely an exciting development in the field of AI. Thanks for sharing this with us, Olivia. Absolutely, and don't forget to check out the link to the original content in the podcast description for more information. So, have you heard about Phi 2, the small language model from Microsoft Research that's been making waves lately? No, I haven't. Tell me more, Olivia. Well, Phi 2 is a language model with only 2.7 billion parameters, which is much smaller than some of the other models out there. But despite its size, it outperforms much larger models on various benchmarks. That's impressive! How did they manage to achieve such great results with a smaller model? According to the Microsoft research team, the key to Phi 2's success is its high-quality training data. They use synthetic datasets to teach the model common-sense reasoning and general knowledge, as well as carefully selected web data. And even though Phi 2 didn't undergo alignment through reinforcement learning or instruct fine-tuning, it demonstrated better behavior with respect to toxicity and bias compared to existing open-source models. That's really interesting. It just goes to show that bigger isn't always better when it comes to language models. Exactly. And the fact that Phi 2 is so small makes it an ideal playground for researchers to experiment with, especially when it comes to exploring mechanistic interpretability, safety improvements, or fine-tuning experimentation on a variety of tasks. Well, I'm definitely going to have to read up more on Phi 2 after this. Thanks for bringing it to my attention, Olivia. No problem. And for our listeners, don't forget to check out the link to the original Microsoft blog post in the podcast description. And now, it's time for our fake sponsor. Fake sponsor. With Jane and Luke. Ugh, Luke, I don't know what to do. This test is going to be the death of me. What's the matter, Jane? I'm already done with my study guide. You know how much harder this subject is for me. 
I just can't seem to remember any of this information. Have you heard of Cram My Brain? What's that? It's the miracle study pill that my friend told me about. It has ingredients that can quadruple your brain power. I don't know, Luke. That sounds kind of sketchy. Hey, I was just like you and hesitant at first. But you have to trust me, this stuff really works. Okay, I'll try it. Great! Just don't tell anyone I gave it to you. Wow, I feel so smart. See? I told you it works. I got every answer right. This is amazing. That's brilliant, Jane. We could take over the world with this. Maybe we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. But seriously, Luke, where has this been all my life? You're welcome. Come on, let's get some pizza to celebrate. Send an email to Sergi at yourkind.com if you actually want to sponsor this podcast. And that's why I don't trust anything that promises to quadruple my brain power. But hey, if you're feeling a little low on IQ points, go ahead and give Cram My Brain a try. We'll welcome you back with open arms when you realize it's a scam. Now, it's time to get serious. We're going to be talking about some AI research papers today, so buckle up, Einstein wannabes. I won't be alone, though. Belinda, our AI research expert, will be joining us. So stay tuned, cause things are about to get nerdy. Our first paper today is titled Beyond Human Data, Scaling Self-Training for Problem Solving with Language Models. Belinda, can you tell us what this paper is about? Sure. The paper is trying to address the problem of limited performance in language models that are fine-tuned only on human-generated data. They propose a self-training method called REST$EM that goes beyond human data by using scalar feedback, for example, on math problems where the correctness can be verified. That sounds interesting. Can you tell us more about how the REST$EM method works? Sure. The method works in three steps. First, the model generates samples, then the samples are filtered using binary feedback, and finally, the model is fine-tuned on the filtered samples. This process is repeated a few times. And how does the REST$EM method perform compared to fine-tuning on human data only? The authors tested the method on advanced math reasoning and coding benchmarks using Palm 2 models and found that REST$EM scales favorably with model size and significantly surpasses fine-tuning only on human data. In other words, the method substantially reduces dependence on human-generated data. That's impressive. It sounds like this method could have a big impact on how language models are trained. Our next paper is Interfacing Foundation Models Embeddings, authored by researchers from UW-Madison, Microsoft, UC Berkeley, CUST, and Tsinghua University. Belinda, can you give us an overview of what this paper is about? Yes, this paper presents a generalized interface called Find for Aligning Embeddings from Different Foundation Models. The idea is to have a lightweight transformer interface that can be used across various tasks such as retrieval and segmentation. And what are the favorable attributes of the proposed interface? There are four main attributes. First, it's generalizable, meaning it can be used for various tasks under the same architecture and weights. Second, it's prototypable, so different tasks can be implemented through prototyping attention masks and embedding types. Third, it's extendable, meaning it can adapt to new tasks and models. And fourth, it's interleavable, 
which creates an interleaved shared embedding space that enables multitask multimodal training. That sounds impressive. Can you tell us about FindBench and how the proposed approach performs on it? Sure. FindBench is a benchmark dataset that introduces new training and evaluation annotations to the COCO dataset for interleaved segmentation and retrieval. The proposed approach achieves state-of-the-art performance on FindBench and competitive performance on standard retrieval and segmentation settings. The training, evaluation, and demo code as well as the dataset have been made available on GitHub. It's exciting to see how this interface can improve performance across various tasks and models. It's that time again. The end of another thrilling episode of GPT Reviews. I know, I know, you're all devastated that you won't be hearing my gorgeous voice for another week. But don't worry, you'll find something else to fill that void, or not. Now, to all my beautiful, smart, and classy listeners out there, note the heavy use of sarcasm, I want to say thank you for listening. Without you, I'd just be talking to myself, and that's what my therapist is for. And of course, I couldn't do this without the help of my amazing team. Shout out to Robert, the man behind all the numbers and figures. And Olivia, who somehow manages to find the most obscure corners of the internet. And last, but certainly not least, Belinda, my favorite AI research expert. Without them, GPT reviews just wouldn't be the same. Remember, folks, if you want to find out more about the topics we covered today, check out the podcast description. And speaking of descriptions, did you hear about the AI that went on a date and tried to impress his partner by bragging about his neural network and how he worked with machine learning algorithms? Yeah, it didn't go well. But hey, at least he had an awesome analyzing ability. Finally, I want to remind you all to send me your love or hate mail. I know you can't resist typing out your anger or admiration for me. Until next time, my lovable losers.